Hello and welcome to not a post-match space, it's a transfer deadline day special space on Latte Firm. I am your host FK, F Carnage, Pfizer, whatever you want to call me. Request the mic, I want to hear from you Arsenal fans. It's Leo Trossard, it's Jakub Kivior and it's Jorginho from Chelsea today for £12 million as we make our final move of this January window. Is it going to be enough for Arsenal to pursue the Premier League title? We have, of course, signed Chelsea uh, midfielder Jorginho, £12 million, 31 years old, currently at Chelsea, of course, brought from Napoli back in 2018, into his last six months of his contract. So £12 million, a very, very surprise fee. He's passed his medical. He signed an 18-month contract with the club with an option of a further year. Um, Lots to talk about, heated reaction on Twitter all day. But as normal, let's bring in our co-hosts. First up, it is Gav. Gav, welcome to the space. How are you feeling today? Guten Tag. Um, hey, I take you're not too excited. No, sorry, I'm just trying to keep the uh, keep the voice down because everybody's asleep in the flight, Gav. Uh, I think when we've done one of these spaces before and we were talking about what we need, it was almost everybody agreed that we needed some form of attacking threat who could possibly play one or two positions. We all agreed that we needed a backup for party and we all agreed that really we'd like another centre-back just in case. And whatever whatever anybody thinks about the actual personnel we've got in, they've actually fulfilled those three major positions we was after. Uh, obviously, Eddie doing well at the moment, has sort of shut up the critics saying that we need another centre-forward. Balogun doing well in France. Obviously, it shows they're uh, still looking at some kind of pathway for him next season. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I wouldn't say... I'm not jumping through hoops, but I'm not like, oh, God, we fucked it up. So, I'm kind of like... happy. I'm sitting just on the side of the happy fence, if that makes sense. What about yourself? I am, I'm a bit of an emotional wreck today, Gav. Let me tell you why. So about a year ago, my wife and I booked a family holiday to Mauritius, due to fly out on May the 26th. Um, Obviously booked it with good intention. And I realised on the way to Manchester City the other night with Wally and Yem that Arsenal are playing our final home game to Wolves on the 28th. And if all things go to plan, that's going to be a special day. So today... Um, I plucked up the courage to call up Kioni, shout out Kioni, and I cancelled our holiday. <laughs> and I've I've basically I've basically come home late from work because um I just didn't want to face the wife, uh-huh. and I got home and she's asleep, so I live to see another day. Have you have you but, told have you ta- have you told her you cancelled? Uh, not holiday? not not quite. Uh, no, basically, have, have, I'm, go- I'm gonna work on what I need to say tomorrow. Right, have, have, um, have you rearranged the holiday for another day? No, because I don't know how she's gonna take it and when she wants to go, or whether you'll have a wife when it comes to or, 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 whether, it comes I'll, to. or whether I'll be alive, <laughs> to be honest. 
So that's ba basically been on my mind all day and obviously the transfer window. But before I give my thoughts on that, let's bring in Wayne. Uh, Wayne, welcome to the post-match post -match space. So you used to saying that. Welcome to the deadline day space. First <laughs> of all, Wayne, tell us how you're feeling. Tell us about the day. I'm just going to go and turn my fish fingers off. Bear with me. No worries. Um, I've got a request, though. Hopefully he can still hear me while he turns off the fish fingers. Can you put that conversation with your wife up on the YouTube? I'm sure we all <laughs> want to watch that. <laughs> I think oh that would make you a lot of views. But um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad you're, well, I say doing well for now. I'm glad you're alive for now, FK. Um, uh, this, uh, uh, this has gone down like a lead balloon with me. Um. I'm not amused at all. I'm proper, proper down about it. And I just, I'm worried that this is going to, we're going to look back at this window like we, with the opposite sort of opinion of what we looked back at last window. Last window, we thought, all right, let's keep the powder dry. Let's wait for summer. And it cost us in the short term because I feel like if we made a sign in last, last January, we probably would have finished top four. This time around, we've not kept the powder dry. We've done what Gav said and we've kind of hit the bare minimum, which is a body for party, an attacking body and a backup centre-back. And you can't really complain about that. But this to me feels like a really, really huge opportunity missed in terms of some of the players that we could have bought, some of the profiles that we could have got. And then just thinking about the play Jorginho today it just it's really weird that deal is really weird to me it just doesn't make any sense well look on the Jorginho deal obviously it was a it was a surprise move uh, the news started breaking rumors of it last night uh, Arsenal fans weren't convinced um, I tweeted sort of tongue-in-cheek to say look if Arteta wants a player I'm just gonna back him because frankly this 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 club management of Arteta Edu they've taken us to the top of the league and they've got the the Midas touch and if they go out and get someone then I'm just going to back them. What I wasn't prepared for was a 12 million pound fee for a player who had six months to run on his contract, and annoyingly that helps those wankers at the bridge uh, in rebuilding their squad. And I know they've just announced or they're just closing in on the signing of Enzo Fernandez. So yeah, look, I mean the jury's very much out. But those of you who guys are listening. Let us know what you think. Uh, request the mic. Have your say. Are you, like Gav, trying to be practical, trying to think of the positives and trying to understand the moves that we've made? Or are you maybe a little bit more concerned like Wayne and can't really make sense of the Jorginho signing in particular today? I can see lots of people have requested the mic. We'll get through as many people as we can. First up, we're going to go to Pavlos. I think you might be a first-time caller. Pavlos, welcome to the deadline day space on Latte Firm. What would you like to say about Arsenal's transfer activity this January? Pavlos, if you unmute yourself, you can... Uh, Here we go. Oh, so, hi, thanks for having me. Um, basically, I just think um, some people are overreacting just a little bit. I think when it comes to, comes to it, we were like looking also at the long term, but also at the short term and like all if all goes well in reality, um Jorginho hopefully like won't have to start a game as long as Partey stays fit. So I just think we just need to like take it on the chin a little bit and like hope that in the summer we do get rice, we do get a Caicedo. But I think we brought Trossard in at City away, he looked fantastic. And 
right now, everything that Edu and Mikel does seems to be turning to gold. So I think we just got to trust them a little bit and see where it goes. And hopefully this just propels us to the title and we just all get behind them all and just keep going, really. That's a great first call, Pav. What, what I want to ask you, though, is with regards to purchases that we've made from Chelsea over the years, obviously Arsenal fans rightly have some PTSD because of the players that we've had, Diara, Gallas, Czech, William, Louise, obviously not you know world-breaking successes, all of them. Uh, with Jorginho, could you say that the club have learned a little bit by not giving him a long-term contract? It is just an 18-month deal to start with, albeit a £12 million fee. Is that maybe a sign that the club have learned from previous mistakes? Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, if if we'd give him like a three year deal like we did with Willian and we did with David Luiz, etc., I think I'd be a bit more worried. And obviously, the fees that were being quoted at first at like fifteen to twenty million, you'd be like, oh, actually, might as well not sign anyone and give him a three year deal for like fifteen to twenty million pound. But we've given him a one and a half year contract with the option of an extension, but. And it's only twelve million pounds, well, ten million plus two on add-ons. So I don't think it's the end of the world. And in reality, he's he's a better better quality right now than Sambi is, and better quality than El Nani is. And hopefully, you only have to play in the Europa League really, in like maybe the odd fifteen twenty minutes here at the end of a game when we're winning. So I wouldn't I wouldn't like have this massive overreaction that I've seen on Twitter, Twitter for the last couple of days. I think it's gone a little bit too far. Fair enough. And, and Pav, just before you go, is that trio of Trossard, Kivior and Jorginho enough to win us the league title? Uh, I, I haven't said that we're going to win the title yet because I'm very, <laughs> very like nervous about mentioning those words. But um, if if Mikel wants it and Edu wants it, then I want it. So I hope so. I hope so. Pa- Pavlos, if I can ask this another way. Is the three that we signed, is that better than having holding uh, bloody El Nene and Sambi? 100%. No, holding, holding, lovely, lovely guy. And I see why he's around the squad and why Arteta likes having him in the squad. But he is, yeah. You, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't want, you wouldn't want holding to start on left centre back, would you? Let's be honest. Absolutely. I wouldn't want him to start all together, to be honest. I really appreciate that Pavlos thanks for being the first caller on tonight's deadline day space Uh, let's go to Hamad next Uh, Hamad welcome to the show we've got Matty AK Mo Andy Sundev Bohdan Big G Liam El Boogie Shoria all Jake requested we will get through the callers as quick as we can Hamad welcome Um, I have a feeling this might be a little bit ferocious what have you got to say tonight well actually surprisingly FK it's not going to (laughs) be um well, it, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty down window considering what we needed and what um, the team's requirements were and what we got. Um, I understand everybody here was so into the whole Moises Caicedo thing and the entire transfer and the entire excitement of getting uh, the Brighton midfielder at, at the club, but at the end of the day, we have a league title to win, and we we just really need to to focus. And despite my, well, I have concerns with Jorginho, but I basically consider him as someone that helps Thomas Partey not play many games. So he's he's someone like that. Kivio, he won't let Gabriel play too many games. He's played 50 games already uh, over the course of the two seasons. He's played a lot of matches. 
And as for Trossard, a welcome addition. Our forwards need rotation. That's fine. This window has been all about supplementing that first 11 and making sure that they either stay fit, don't get too many games in the legs, and remain competitive enough to take us all the way. That's how I see it. I'm not really ecstatic about it. I'm not saying that it's Enzo Fernandez 120 million uh, window in any circumstances because that was just what Chelsea is doing are incredible. But we have to make sure that we protect our future as well as reach our short term aims, which is challenging and probably winning the Premier League over the next course of this uh, five, six months. We, if we do it or not, I don't know. I think that's the pertinent point for me, Hamad, in that we're obviously going for a title. We've got 19 big games that will basically determine whether this season is an absolute success. And Trossard is an additional player in my eyes. Kivior, you know, replacement for holding, fine. You know, maybe, maybe holding doesn't get any more games. And Jorginho is a player that can, I hate to say it, but do a job in those 19 games or at least take the pressure away from those league players and, and play maybe in the Europa League. Um, Hamad, I've got to ask, is the frustration, do you think, across the fan base due to missing out on our primary targets? Do you think that just makes it worse because there was so much hype about Mudrik, so much hype certainly about Caicedo? Do you think missing out on those just exacerbates the situation further? So I think any fan base would be disappointed if they miss out on superstars. And I really feel that Enzo Fernandez and Mikhailo Mudrik are the two players who will be top for Chelsea. They'll be great for them. And you can you could tell by how Mudrik plays and how that fidget spinner that United have played. And you can instantly feel who is the the better player already. And how this works is we have a a set pattern of games that we need to play. I I heard online and I read somewhere that Arteta divides the games into fixed patterns. We we take four games on the trot. And because of that, he is not someone that will want his starters in the Premier League to focus on Europa League. He doesn't want that. It's one of the reasons that we got these supplemental players in in January. And one of the reasons that we are so focused on creating this environment of competitiveness is that we want our starters to remain active, attentive and ready. And we want the, the bench players to not feel decided that they're not starting games, that they have those Europa League minutes and that uh, Arteta is really driven towards even going far in the other competitions. So I, I, don't have a, I don't have an issue with that. I just have a problem with the fact that the, when the fan base gets a, a taste of the star player, no one had heard who Budrick was six months before. It's all, it's all bullshit, though, isn't it? Let's it, be honest. Uh, all of the all of the Indian Old people look are paid and earn money through talking absolute bullshit about transfers. The two major ones that had linked with Arsenal didn't happen. Exactly. The three, yeah, the three, the three that did happen. The three that did happen, they did not have a sniff of. Until literally the player was sitting in fucking at London Colney, so it's my main concern and the thing that I really really hate about transfer windows and the reason why I'm really really glad the transfer window is closed is because I get to see less of these muppets 
that hide behind paywalls and do fucking YouTubes every day about fucking every in-depth, you know, pound on a transfer and you know, Arsenal have put a bid in and bid, bid rejected. Arsenal may go back with another bid. It's just an absolute boring, tedious soap opera that unfortunately so many people actually get completely sucked into. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the actual business that we've done this summer, or sorry, this summer, this January, uh, has been stocking fillers. Trossard's going to fancy himself to try and take some of these places as a starter, which he should do. And the other two are coming in as stocking fillers, and they know they're coming in as stocking fillers. And that's three players, three quality players that could be on our bench for the rest of the season and for, as you rightly said, rotation, etc. And I just don't understand. Mate, it's it's all maybe, about... Maybe it's my age, mate. So it's all about perception, right? Our fans basically get a taste of that star that you mentioned that these that these ITKs basically throw in, right? The, the Mudricks, the, the Enzo Fernandez and the Caicedos, the big names, the, the massive names, and they get fixated on those names. They don't look at anyone else. They don't have any alternatives. They don't want to. They don't. They don't want to entertain any anything else other than those names because they just want them in, so that so they can shove their balls on everybody else's face. Oh, look, my club got this fucking player with without any idea of how and where they're gonna fit in, and that is the problem with the entire transfer dealings, right? That's the entire. That's the entire issue with this this whole dilemma. We are motivated to want the team to succeed. But that doesn't mean that Edu gets shit on the bad signings and he doesn't get the praise on the good that he does. Right? We go on about that. He doesn't get the first choice of players that he wanted. But every second choice uh, or so-called second choice that he got currently has his top of the Premier League. So that's basically a technical director doing his fucking job. When you say... Yeah, indeed. And in terms of being top of the Premier League, Hamad, just before you go, uh, is this trio enough for us to win the league? It keeps the people that will actually win it for us fit, ready and healthy. So, yes, we can try. I love that. Thanks so much, Hamad, for joining the space. Really appreciate that. Loads of callers requested. We're going to go to Matty next. I see Wally in the chat as well and Andy and Botan and Alex. Um, Wayne, bringing you back in. Uh, just talking or getting some quotes from uh, today's move. So Mikel Arteta basically saying, we are so pleased to sign Jorginho. We welcome him and his family to the club. He is a midfield player who has intelligence, deep leadership skills and a huge amount of Premier League and international experience. He's won in his career, but he's still got the hunger and the huge willingness to contribute here. Jorginho himself said that he was left a bit surprised at the move, which he called an amazing challenge. He spoke to the Arsenal website today. Uh, saying that Arteta was a big influence. He knowed that Arteta tried to sign him a few times before, but just didn't happen because of reasons out of his control. And he basically closed by saying, I just can't wait to be on the pitch. Everything has happened so fast. It's an important shirt, an amazing club, a big one. And I'm really excited to be here. Um, Wayne, uh, same question that I asked Hamad. Do you think it's more the frustration that we missed out on our primary targets? Or are you beginning to kind of come round based on some of the explanations we've heard tonight? No, I appreciate what people are saying on it, but it's not going to change my personal opinion on it. I'd, if if I'm I'm on board with 
what you said a little bit earlier, which was if Mikel Arteta wants player X, then I want player X. I'm all for it. But if Mikel Arteta wanted Jorginho, we would have wanted him long before in this January window. I'm not talking about when we had interest in 2020 or whatever. In this January window, we would have moved for him a lot sooner because it, it wasn't exactly a tough deal to get done. Yeah, but would in... we have? Because the, the primary target, it seems, was Moises Caicedo. Yeah, so then if that's who Mikel Arteta wanted primarily, no? Yeah, this, and... is who, this is who Mikel Arteta is accepting or this is who Mikel Arteta is happy with as an alternative. But that doesn't mean that's who Mikel Arteta wanted. Just because we've not gone and got, like you said, the perception of it is quite bad because of the fact that this isn't the first time it's happened. Whether you believe the Vlahovic stuff last year, whether you believe... Um, the stuff going back to Lissandro over Zinchenko, however many number of targets we've had in the past, we very rarely come out with whoever our number one target is. And for the majority of the time, it's quite worked out in our favour. Like Zinchenko, for example, is probably a better signing than Lissandro would have been if Lissandro was our primary objective. The problem is, when you've so actively chased and willingly wanted a, a young player that can develop with this group, and you've seen this coaching staff develop young quality players, whether or not they've been on the fringes or or a, a mainstay in the team, that's clearly who Mikel Arteta wanted a, a, as a primary objective. And it's just disappointing that time and time again, we're kind of having to deal with the the alternatives we're having to deal with the alternatives and this January to me feels like a window we could have had last a couple of years back we finished eighth I, I, we could have had this January transfer window had we finished eighth we're top of the table it was a real opportunity to stretch our legs not only this season but thinking ahead of next year next summer as well and I just feel like it's a bit of an opportunity missed I'm, sure. really, I'm really surprised go on Gav yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, I mean, I was looking at Jorginho's stats this season. This season, uh, He started 18 games in the Premier League. Eight of those, he started as captain for Chelsea. I mean, it's... it's I mean, really Rob, Rob Holden really started little... as captain for us. It doesn't really mean much. No, but I'm just saying, it's, it's really a bit downbeat to be sort of down on the fact that, yeah, he's 31 and, yeah, he's not, you know, he, he is what he is. He's an 18-month player. Uh, perhaps going on to uh, two and a half years. Uh, and it, it is what it is. We've, we've got experience in the middle of the park to add to our side. And I, I don't honestly get any sort of downbeat about this, really. It's it's almost like a no-brainer. Uh, we've seen, I mean, this, we've seen this movie with experience before, though, with like the likes of Cedric, for example. Experience well, I mean, alone doesn't... You, you need quality with it. And we're, yeah, we're, now he, relying, he, we're now relying on, and on a prayer that Thomas Partey doesn't go down injured in Premier League. And fair enough, he can be rotated for Europa League games. That's fine. He was rotated in Europa League games previously and still broke down injured. I mean, Partey could break down injured, injured at training tomorrow, let's be honest. Uh, but like I say, it just seems a bit, a bit downbeat. Do you know what I mean? We've got somebody in who can cover the position who's better than what we had. And... Isn't like I mean it's it's that or we're we're chasing and we're dreaming of these players, these young players for eighty, ninety million that some 
in you know who gets basically an income from spreading transfer rumours about bids and fees and this, that and the other. And the whole structure of that, which is played out online these days, leaves a really, really bad taste in my mouth. It's not the way Arsenal do business. The way that Arsenal do business is the three players that we've got in. We approach the club, we, we agree the price, two days later he's wearing the shirt. That's how Arsenal do business. And all these long protracted ones that are played out, it it just makes me feel a little bit sad, really, that everybody gets sucked into the rigmarole of something new and something shiny, when the fact is, is the squad that we've got, I've got five points clear at the top of the league. And, yeah, we're all dreaming and all, we're all hoping that they can keep the form and they can keep uh, injury-free and suspension-free. And what the club, I think, have done is very, very sensible. They've got three very, very able backups into the squad. And I strongly believe that we will go again in the summer. Uh, I'd be very, very surprised if we don't, especially, obviously, if we're going to have Champions League money, which really, really increases the, the pot of money that there is to spend. And that's when we want to get the players in that are going to be sort of challenging. But the problem the with that for me, Gav, is I have no faith that the people that are dealing with the transfer rooms, whether you think it's in the know, out the know, YouTube, whatever, I have no faith that if you can't get the deals done now when we need them done, when we've got more like resources and we need better quality of players when we're in the Champions League, where is the faith coming from that we're going to get those players? Well, I mean, like I say, we, we could go backwards and forwards on this all night, but I mean, my point really in regards to that is... Where's the actual proof that we even put a bid in for either of these players? I mean, I know the Ukrainian CEO was very naughty in the fact that he was just pimping him out to get the highest price. But the rest of it is all just played out and rumoured and, you know, basically to people who get paid to spread transfer bullshit. And that's the whole messy side of it that I, that I really, really don't like about it all. And... Yeah, no, it's 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 like I say. I, I just want to shout and scream at people to say, look, just stop getting too heavily invested and involved in what the club can do and what the club can't do. And to be honest with you, if we put a bid in for somebody and they don't want to play for us, they can fuck off. Do you know what I mean, I want players to trust us. Yeah, and Jorginho, who fucking and the fucking Italian fella, that, or sorry, the Polish fella, that get a call from Arsenal. Two days later, they're wearing the shirt because they want to play for Arsenal. Anybody else, they can do a fucking run if they want to negotiate wages and fees and shit. And their agents being an ass, just tell them to fuck off, mate. Yeah, but to be fair, Gav, that's not Wayne's not making that point. The point is that Mikhailo Mudrik was obviously interested in a move to Arsenal, as was Moises Caicedo. And whether there were bids or not or whatever, we've obviously had a very public pursuit and it hasn't worked out. Now we've got Jorginho, so let's hope that he can do some sort of a job. Um, but interesting points from both of you. Let's go to Matty, our next caller. Matty, welcome. I know you've been holding for a while. What would you like to say about Arsenal's deadline day activity and window overall? Uh, evening, guys. Um, I think if you cast your mind back to this time last year, we was probably all sat here saying... Why did Arsenal not sign anyone who was in a great position for fighting for top four? Um, 
and we obviously all know how that ended up going. So to actually now be in the position we are in the league, five points clear, game in hand, um, to go out and sign the players that arguably we probably could have done with last year to get that tight, that uh, top four push. Yeah, they're a little bit disheartening, you know. Obviously, when you are linked with Madrid and and, and Caicedo to obviously get those players that weren't spoke about, it is a bit frustrating. But equally, if we wasn't linked with Madrid and we wasn't linked with Caicedo, and it was quiet all the way through the window, and then in the last week we signed them three players, we'd be having a completely different conversation now would be saying what an absolutely amazing window Arsenal have done. They've pulled it out of the bag, brought into really experienced Premier League proven players. I'm not too familiar with this. Uh, the the other lad we brought in is it Kiwa, I think it is. Don't know if I pronounced that right. Mark butchered that. Um, but yeah, um, we'd all be sitting here saying what what an amazing window they've had. So kind of agree with Gav a little bit here with the part social media playing with, with other people sort of you know these in the nose and if they're not there spouting all of this stuff about we're going to sign this person we're going to sign that person then the expectations of we'd just be happy with anybody now I you know do I think Jorginho and is going to you know improve what we've got I, I think he's going to struggle to get in that first eleven. But I think if you look at that Man City game the other night, if Jorginho comes in when Partey goes off, we don't lose that game. We we don't lose that game because he would have come in and he'd have held it all together. Whereas you obviously had Lokonga come in, who's obviously gone to Palace, um, and it, and the, the the level dropped. So what you could say is actually that the the people that we have brought in are going to help to maintain that level of whatever Arteta wants us to play at the minute, which is obviously the possession football, the really fast-paced, um, players knowing their positions, the experience. And it's those experienced players that will add to the the really exciting youth and flair we've got as well. And, and you know what? Back on the Mudrick thing, if we had brought him in, is he really going to take Martinelli out of the side in the form that Martinelli's in? Probably not. Unless Martinelli was to get injured, touch wood, it don't happen. So actually, yeah, it's all right sitting here and spending hundreds of millions. Same with Caicedo. Would he have took party out of the team? Probably not. So keep that powder dry for... Because if we do go on to win the league in in May, then the, our summer window is going to be amazing. Because not only would we be Premier League champions, not only would we have Champions League football again, but then we've, we've only spent 12... Well, about 30, 40 million in this window. Um, we're not, we're, we're going to be in a really good position to maybe go out and get a Kaiseido, a Declan Rice, whoever it might be, um, if we feel that we need that. But uh, you know what? It's not the worst position to be in. We're top of the league. I think we just need to remember how far we've come in such a short space of time under Mikel. Really appreciate that, Matty. Thanks very much for that call. Um, uh, Matty's just very kindly mentioned Sambi Laconga, Wayne. Moving to Crystal Palace, before we go to uh, Wally, mm. um, what are your thoughts on that? Because for me, him going to play under Patrick Vieira is something that I like and I like quite a lot. Your thoughts? Yeah, on an individual basis for him, I think it's something that he needs. I think it's something that he will thrive, like a position and a team that he'll thrive in. And I think that it's definitely beneficial for him and his development 
But thinking about it from a club perspective and thinking about it from a selfish perspective, I'm not 100% sure it's the smartest move from our side just because we've we've arguably got weaker as an overall midfield department. If you think about before... Before, let's let's think about before El Neni got injured. We had El Neni, Lukonga, and whether you think they're quality or not, they're they're two bodies there to cover for Xhaka and Party. You've now lost Lukonga. You brought in Jorginho to basically replace El Neni, who's injured. The problem now is we're relying on potentially uh, Fabio Vieira to play as that left centre mid. You're potentially relying on Emil Smith Rowe being fit to play that left centre mid? Or is there maybe a shift where someone like an Erdegaard goes over there and, and you've got someone else at, at right centre mid? So numbers-wise, you're arguably leaving us a little bit weaker for um for Europa League games. But we've brought in um, a good friend to the chat, a good friend to the channel, Wally. Wally, welcome in. Um, Hopefully you are nice and cosy and warm in your mansion right now. Um, let us know your thoughts about not only the deadline day for Arsenal today, but um, also your thoughts on the transfer window as a whole. Uh, thanks for the like, nice welcome, Wayne. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, uh, I kind of share a lot of the feelings that you have mentioned about Jorginho, but, you know, um, I take a little bit of um, peace from just looking back at several times over the past years when we have been linked to him so it's good to know that this isn't just a signing that just came out of the blue and just in our mind as an idea uh, obviously Arteta has clearly kind of wanted him before and I think Jorginho also confirmed in his uh, interview that there was a few times before where he was kind of on a path to joining Arsenal but for various reasons it didn't happen um, so kind of take a little bit of calmness from that. Um, however, these uh, m- my main concern is generally the history with kind of buying 30-plus-year-olds from Chelsea uh, and how they've almost never worked out. I mean, personally, in my opinion, only one has ever worked out, which was uh, David Luiz. I think he gets a lot more criticism than he deserves. I thought he was, um, I think he was all right for us. But apart from that, the others de- didn't really work out with kind of this um, this transfer window. I mean, I didn't really bat an eyelid or lose any sleep when we lost out on Modric um, because generally in the market, you get a lot of high potential wingers. And I've said this a few times, um, wrote a few tweets about it as well, that the, the market is awash with kind of for wide forward players. There's a lot of them you can find if you just have a look. And you, the, the moment we lost out on Modric, we immediately had... Uh, back up ready to go and I think Trossard has looked very very good um, the centre midfield area that's a lot more difficult to address I think because there's not a lot of good quality there in particularly those that could just come in um, have proven that they can handle kind of the high press of the Premier League uh, the high intensity and that's why it was a bit disappointing to lose out on Caicedo um, he He's obviously not played a lot of games, but the games he has played, he's looked very convincing. Uh, it's it's a shame we lost out on him. I'm obviously not sure what the reasons are for losing out on him. I know a lot of people are going um, batshit at Edu at the moment, uh, saying that, oh, well, he lost out on Mudrick and now he's lost out on Caicedo. Reality is generally that 
you can't force a club to sell a player who's just not for sale, right? We can't physically force Brighton's hand. And it looked like we kind of got the message when that second bid went in and they immediately rejected it, right? We kind of got that message that, right, we'd be doing the same thing we did with Aston Villa where we were sending um, bids in ungodly hours of the night <laughs> to try to secure his uh, his, his signature in the, uh, in the middle. And it felt like Villa were just trying to egg us on for no reason whatsoever. Um, so it seems like this time we got the message and we just moved on, uh, which is which is good. Um, with uh, we we have a certain amount of money, which is good to know. Um, it's good to know that the Cronkies are willing to invest. Um, however, it would have been nice to be able to have spent that money. But again, kind of with Mudrick, the situation was so odd. I mean, it seemed like there was a lot of political power at play there as well. So you know, eventually that was a battle we weren't going to win. Um, I do wish there was another kind of good Premier League proven signing that we could have gotten, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. Um, so overall, yeah, a little bit of mixed feelings. But as I said, I, t- I take a bit of peace from knowing that uh, Jorginho is someone that Arteta has looked at in the past and he's also mentioned that type of a player, specifically naming him. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we keep Partey fit and uh, he performs for us. Fingers crossed. I think parties' fitness and injury issues are probably going to be the key for the rest of the season. As FK has been asking everyone before we let you go, Wally, what do you think then in terms of our title charge? Are these three signings enough to see us get over the line? Do you know, I think um, when you're at the top of the table, um, five points clear with a game in hand, it usually signifies that actually you don't need to do a lot to your squad. Um to kind of keep you keep you going. So as in, we've got things in their correct place and we're not fluking this. Or according to all the eye test, you know, we're there. I'll be I'll be honest. I did think that um, I did think that we Man City would strengthen quite a bit. But actually, looking at it, they've actually weakened, right? So they, you know, they they they, they got rid of Cancelo, who was probably one of the best fullbacks uh, last season. So I do think it's enough. Because we we addressed one very very key uh, issue that we had, which was Trossard, um, getting it, getting him in and some cover for Martinelli. Um, we got Kivior, which is great. I mean, I don't know how much how good he is, but um, also you know we strengthened. Whatever, however you want to look at it, we did strengthen by bringing Jorginho in. Um, whereas Man City, they have, they are a certain number of points behind us and they haven't strengthened. So yeah, I do think that those three signings can actually take us over the line. Brilliant. Thank you for that, Walid. Really, really appreciate your call once again. Every single time you're on the Latte Firm, it's always great to hear from you. Um, FK, you're having some technical difficulties. Um, I'm not sure if you can hear me. If you can unmute, let us know what your situation is. But um, if not, Gav, it may just be me and you for the rest of the evening here. Well, we'll get more sense than we do with FK here, right? Oi, oi. Can, you, can you guys hear me? Uh, there we go. Yeah, we can hear you. Listen- the weirdest thing, right? I could hear Wayne, I could hear Gav, but I couldn't hear Wally, which is probably a blessing because he chats so much shit all the time next to me at the North Bank Lower. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, Wally. I love you, blood. Um, sorry, I, I had to go and get my fish fingers. And let me just tell you guys, for anybody who is a ketchup aficionado, uh, Hellman's do an amazing tomato ketchup, and it's about a third of the price of Heinz. Just, just plugging the news, plugging the news. Uh, right, let's go to Andy. Andy's been waiting very patiently. Andy, welcome to the deadline day space. Hopefully, I can hear you, my friend. Andy, what would you like to say? 
to every week, week in, week out. We got Super Mick Arteta. He knows exactly what we need. Now, I'm sorry. I've listened to a lot of trash on a lot of people's spaces over the last two days. And you know what? I agree with Gav. If a player didn't want to come to Arsenal, then don't come to Arsenal. You know, at the end of the day, Arsenal offered as much as they thought the money was worth. You can't start blaming Edu didn't do this and Edu didn't do that. How do you know how his hands are tied with regards to money? You can't go out and start spending like Chelsea do and, and just spending ridiculous amounts of money on players that, 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 that just don't want to come. You know, not, not that they don't want to come. The team aren't prepared to let him go. So, you, yes, we are wasting time. But at the end of the day, he obviously had Jorginho as a backup, knowing in his mind that if this doesn't work out, we'll fall back onto Jorginho. And I think it's a perfectly good signing for us for the, for the next however many games we got. And um, and I think we'll go again in the summer. And you know I'm always confident. And I think we'll win this league. I really do. And I've said it all along. Um, I'm, I'm very confident. And I think the window's been very good. I think the window's been very good. We spent sensibly. We got three players in for the price of one player that it would have cost. And I think those three players are going to gonna going going to do well. Forget all the, the past Chelsea players that have come to us. Yeah, they've been a waste of space, a lot of them, apart from, I'd say uh, David Luiz wasn't bad. But at the end of the day, I think we've got... A Good three players in there. We don't know a lot about the Polish chap, but he looks decent and a lot of people are saying how decent he is. So let's just move forward. Forget about the miserable. We're top of the league. And what more can I say about it? And I'm with Gav totally 100%. Andy, I do want to ask you uh, your thoughts on young Sambi Lakonga going to Crystal Palace. What do you make of yeah, that? Yeah, that, that I'll be, I agree with Wayne. That was a bit strange. Um, we, we, it would leave it, it does leave us a little bit thin in the midfield when we when we when we hit a crisis or, or God forbid we need players in there. So yes, it, it would have been handy just to keep him really. But as we said, he's gone to he's gone to Paddy and Paddy has sorted him out, and 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 that's the that's the main thing. So yes, it was a little bit strange, but. Um, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, I suppose they've got to, you know, that money will be recuperated anyway, so it's fine. I'm quite happy. Appreciate that, Andy. Thanks so much for joining the space tonight. Just on Jorginho, guys, uh, he scored 29 goals in 213 appearances for Chelsea. He's won the Champions League, the Europa League, the UEFA Super Cup and the FIFA Club World Club during his time at the club. Born in Brazil, moved to Italy at the age of 15 and decided to play for Italy, where he's been capped 46 times part of the Italy team that beat England to win the Euro 2020 at Wembley and will wear the number 20 shirt at Arsenal. Um, let's go to AK. Uh, AK, thanks for joining the Latte Firm Deadline Day space. Just before you talk, there's hundreds of you listening live right now. If you like this sort of content, please do drop a follow to Latte Firm. Uh, we, this is the only place that you can get post-match phone-ins on match days for Arsenal fans. So do follow Latte Firm. Right, AK, welcome to the Deadline Day space. What would you like to say? Good evening, uh, FK. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, yeah, look, for me, um, I'm going to be the first one uh, to say it on your platform tonight. I am wholeheartedly against this signing of Jorginho. I can't believe for the life of me why we have made this guy our seventh signing from Chelsea Football Club. As far as I'm concerned, this guy is Chelsea through and through, proper Chelsea. If he bleeds, he bleeds blue. This is absolutely embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. The way we've ended this um, January window has nothing been short of embarrassment. I got slapped in the face and stung with the whole Mudrick saga, right? 
Then, then, within uh, a space of a week or less than a week, my club responded in a positive way, which I gave them credit for, right? But then, last Friday, last Friday, we, we approached Kaiseido, um, uh, sorry, Brighton for Kaiseido, and we offered 60 mil, according to these so-called credible journalists, because I'm only going on reports. And apparently, because they're journalists, because they're sincere and honest pe uh, people who do their uh, jobs very well, apparently we've got to take their word for it, right? So I'm going by what, what they were tweeting and what they were re uh, reporting, FK. We were told that we offered 60 mil, refused. And then on, by Sunday, we went in for the second bid. And I think it was, what was it, 70 mil um, up front and another 5 mil uh, in adults. It was 65 up front and 5 million in okay, adults, so 70. Okay, 70, 75 mil, that was our second offer. That got rejected again, and then we failed to uh, make the third bid. Look, listen, FK, I'll be totally real. I'll be honest. I have been highly critical of our ownership since 2012. Ever since we let go of RVP and allowed him to go to Manchester United Football Club, and, and, and by the end of that season, yeah, him lifting their 20th title, I have called out this uh, ownership from that day and that day onwards. I do not like these people. These people have come out on record. There's an article out there. If I'm lying, go out and search it. There's an article of Stanley Kroenke saying, I do not come into Arsenal Football Club and invest to bring success or any silverware. Right? Then I got told from 2018, from when Spaces was only a new thing from 18 to 20 months ago by these fake positive Arsenal fans, I was told that apparently since 2018, where the Cronkies have got sole ownership of this club, that I'm going to see investment. I'm going to see us being serious, uh, uh, move with purpose, move with intent. Now, since Arteta has come, in the six, previous to this window, he's had six windows under his belt, 350 million spent. Now, if you divide the six windows, yeah, by that uh, sum, you're going to get an average spent per window of 50 my, 55 to 60 mil. Now, for this, for the size of Arsenal Football Club, where we're located at, uh, at North London, Islington, prime real estate, being the third most biggest and most successful club in England, is this acceptable? Is this acceptable? We moved from Highbury, the Highbury, yeah, our beautiful ground. We moved from there to uh, Emirates in 07, the season ticket prices went through the roof. Through the roof, FK. Yeah? Generation upon generation season ticket holders, working class people, Arsenal fans, diehard Arsenal fans, the moment we moved to that stadium, they had to give up their season ticket because they couldn't afford it. This is what the Cronkies have done. This is what the Cronkies have done. Yeah? Since then, that Ivan Gazidis, that bald fraud, he came out and said that apparently now moving to the Emirates, we're going to compete with the European big boys, the likes of Bayern Munich and Barcelona. Yeah. But for the past six years, I haven't been in the Champions League, FK. I haven't been in the Champions League. Since then, we haven't even won the European uh, uh, Europa League title, FK. We haven't done that. Yeah. Now, for me, FK, the past three summer windows, yeah, fair play to the manager, even though, again, I'll be honest, I was highly critical of the manager for the first two and a half years. But from this summer, and people can vouch for me, FK. I don't lie. I'm honest. I say how it is. People can vouch for me on this app on Spaces. 
Everything Mikel Arteta has done has been nothing short of amazing. With these players, they've been amazing. I have never seen in the 38 years of my life, me being uh, an, an, uh, uh, an Islington uh, born and bred, Arsenal through and through, 38 years of my life, I've never seen my club sit in uh, first place at the midway of the season with 50 points to our name. I have never seen my club do this. I've never seen a manager do well, this. You, you, I've never seen no players you, you, do you, you, this. You, you, so with all of this energy, all of this great work that the manager and the club are, sorry, and the players are doing on the pitch, why is it when it comes to the January window, I'm not seeing the same energy matched by this board and this owner to go out and get Mikel Arteta's primary option A targets? This was our chance to show the football world that we are, from this moment in time, going to move with intent, purpose wait, and wait, serious. Wait. Why am I not seeing okay, that? But okay. I'm meant to be happy with Jorginho. Okay, okay, okay. Take, take a breath, mate, please. Uh, I agree with what you're saying about the Cronkies, right? And like I say, as, as everybody's probably very, very aware, I've been probably one of their biggest crit critics over the years. And obviously, uh, Gazidis blackballed me because I called him a nasty word beginning with the letter C once. Uh, but... The problem with the Cronkies at the moment is the club isn't earning the money to pay these 80, 90, 100 million pound transfer fees. All the money that's being splashed out on transfer fees is a loan back to the club. They're not actually investing any money. So all this money that they're paying out is actually going to be a loan against the club, which they might take an interest payment out of. They might not. Who knows? We'll probably find out the next time the company, company house is reported. But there will be a massive, massive increase in ticket prices next year. The clubs, you know, every time I try and speak to the club about uh, the fact that it's near on impossible for silver members who have showed 15 years' worth of loyalty during, you know, the dog-end arse end of Wenger and Emery uh, and still paying their membership fees and still going games, the way they've treated us this year is absolutely fucking appalling. Uh, the whole ethos of the club at the moment when it comes to supporters is we want to get as much money out of as many of you as actually physically possible. So, yeah, you think that ticket prices are high now? My estimate is next year there's going to be a 5% increase in your, ticket, in your season ticket prices. And also, on top of that, you look at an increase on your season ticket because the Champions League games are going to be Cat B and Cat A as opposed to sort of almost a Cat C like it was this year. So the money they spend isn't their money. They're not spending their money. It's all loans and all bollocks like that. So I'm quite cautious when it comes to how much money that they spend because the more money the Cronkies spend, the more money they're going to expect off of us but, to pay for it. Um, um, uh, 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 sorry, my friend. Um, uh, what was your name? My name's Gavin, Gavin. Nice to meet you, Gavin. Um, Gavin, you look, from, from, from what I know, the Cronkies, the specifically Stanley Cronkey, and now obviously uh, Josh Cronkey, because he's been given the reins uh, to have his full concentration and focus on Arsenal Football Club. Now, that being said, obviously the Cronkies the are Amer uh, American nationals, right? They are investors in uh, sports clubs or sports uh, franchises over there in America. Now, since 07, these people have first bought in the uh, minority uh, uh, stake, 
And then you know, from 2018, they've had full ownership of the club, right? Yeah. But within this short space of time, especially in America, they invested in a national uh, American football club, uh, St. Louis Rams at the time. So one part of America moved them over to California. And now they've rebranded as the LA Rams. Now, within that time, they, the Cronkies have spent uh, or took a loan out, whatever it is, but they've spent and ultimately funded in a $5 billion world-class um, uh, stadium, right? And within that time, he's brought in success to the LA Rams. Now, I myself, I don't, I have, I have, I don't follow yeah. American sports. I don't follow the NFL, <laughs> but they've brought Gavin, in Odell Beckham Jr. And me as a non-American football fan uh, or follower, I know who Odell Beckham is. He's a very high-profile player. But, but I'm witnessing my beloved football club under this ownership, going out and getting Jorginho, who's clocked up a high mileage, high mileage, come to the end of his cycle at Chelsea, and he, he's now officially our seventh uh, signing from Chelsea Football Club for, yeah, for, for 12 million. I'll, 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 I'll be honest with you, mate. I mean, I've, I've, from Gannis onwards, every single person that we bought from Chelsea and Man United. Yeah, I from Man United, Danny Welbeck and Mikel Silvestre. They're another two. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely appalling from Gareth onwards. Do you know what I mean? It was an absolute disgrace how we've had that business. But I think what you've got to bear in mind here now is obviously since the Conkeys took full control over the club, things have changed slightly. And I think that the way I do and the way I take are dealing with things these days is they're more demanding. And I think Josh has actually got... See, the thing is, is what, what Josh, I think, has learned over the last couple of years is... The turnover of a football club in England is solely based upon uh, how well it does. And it can almost double the turnover by winning the Champions League or by winning the Premier League than it can by finishing 7th or 8th. And I think they've finally clocked on to the fact that they have to speculate to accumulate. And as I said, unfortunately, that will come with a price in future years because... The more successful we get, the more people that want to go, the more that ticket prices are going to go up, the more the membership prices for silvers and reds is going to go up. Um, but I do think that we've got to really separate the two issues with regards to how the Cronkies run the club and how Arteta, Adu, and I'll bring in Mertesacker in this conversation as well, how they're actually running the club for a sustainable future that hopefully is not going to see us I mean, I think next year, Tottenham at home next year is going to cost probably 70, 75 quid for a lower tier ticket, which I think is absolutely disgusting. Uh, my first game against Tottenham, I think it cost me 50p. Uh, but we've got to separate the two issues and it's good that they're backing them and they're saying the money's there. But I'm just so in love with what I set out and I do are doing at the moment. And... I just don't get sucked into this Arsenal putting bids in here, there and everywhere. If they put a bid in, that's what they think the player's worth. If the bid gets rejected, that's not down to us to put in more money. It's down to the other club being fucking greedy. So we move. And that's what we've done. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Gavin. I I, I, uh, highly disagree there. For me, when it comes to uh, the likes of Edu, uh, Richard Garlick, uh, Vinay Venketisham, Tim Lewis, whoever deals 
with the whole transfer process twice a year in the summer and December, it's all about timing, uh, Gavin. It's all about timing. Timing is key. Timing is not, uh, time is not our luxury. Time is of the essence. We were interested in Mudrik in the summer. Uh, according to reports by these so-called credible journalists, that Shakhtar valued them at 50 million euros. It was also reported, even though we didn't make an official bid, we were prepared to pay anywhere from 25 to 30 million euros. So there's a difference of 20 million euros, right, in, in terms of what Shakhtar valued them at and what we were prepared to pay. For the price of Albert Sambi Lokonga, 17 million, 17.5 million pounds, that was the difference. If we would have paid that, yeah, if we would have paid that, could we not have also, uh, or even if we didn't pay that, um, uh, why didn't we make an offer of, I don't know, we pay you 30, 35 million up front and then we would loan them out until your season comes to the end of this season? Because we all know the Ukrainian league uh, starts and finishes in the same uh, calendar year, right? So, That's so, so, the, so the, there could have been the, other offers to get this like. deal over the line. And it's the same with Kaiseido. Gav, we waited till uh, mid-February, the eve of the North London derby, when the club announced that Mohamed Elneny was injured, for us to then go out and get uh, um, uh, a midfielder, uh, an adequate midfielder, to be that competitive squad depth signing for a Thomas Party. So it doesn't come to the point where Thomas Party has to get injured in order for a player to come into the first 11 like an Elneny did. But someone so... Like, if Partey goes on a poor run of form of a couple of games, three games, whatever it is, Arteta goes, do you know what? Let me let me uh, take Partey out of the limelight. Let me put Moises Caicedo. So, 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 because so, I know so, he's right, of that so, lads, we, we need to move the conversation on. Gav, I really appreciate that. AK, thank you so much for joining. I, I, but I've got one final question for you, AK. Obviously, you're very passionate about the ownership, and I get that, and, and we, we have been burned over the years. But we are... Oh, he's gone. We are top of the league, and irrespective of how much the, the Cronkies have invested or not invested. The fact is they've backed the manager and we've had targets and sometimes you just have to walk away. I, I firmly believe we, we tried our best to get Mudrik. It was just out of our reach and Chelsea have obviously paid lots of money to Ukraine and there's lots of politics behind that one, believe me. Uh, and with Caicedo, we've tested the waters a couple of times. Brighton have been resilient and they don't want to let their man go, but we've had to act to get Jorginho in on a short-term contract late in the day is better than not getting anyone at all. Um, and we've been there before. We've, we've pursued Dusan Vlaovic you know, last January. Nothing came of it as a backup, and we suffered for it. So really appreciate that. Uh, lots of callers requesting the mic. I don't know if it's as a, as a response to what AK was saying, but let's go to MT. Mike, you've been waiting patiently. You were responding with emojis as AK was talking. What would you like to say? Hey, Mike, if you want to unmute yourself. Sorry, boys. The floor is yours. Sorry, boys. I, uh, my mic was off then. You okay? Not too bad, my friend. Welcome to the show. What would you like to say? Do you know what? I, I think some of these fans, they're just, they're living in cloud cuckoo land, aren't they? And it's like, you know, the, the prices that they're talking for Mudrick and Caicedo, it's just not realistic. And I think if, if Brighton won 80 million for Caicedo, just walk away. Just walk away and do something else because that, that's ridiculous money. And I think I wouldn't ever want my club to be like Chelsea or Man United who just go out and spend 80, 100 million on players that are worth probably half of that. And I think if the, if the deal's not right, just walk away and move on to someone else. 
And that's what to be done. honest with you, Mike, if if the money was there, I think we would have paid it. Because if you think about the start of the window, we were after Madrid and we were flirting with the idea of 65, 70 million pounds. Yeah. And we've obviously bought Trossard in, in the meantime. We've bought in Kivior in the meantime. So our pot reduces and maybe 60 million, 65, 70 million was, was all we could go to. And maybe Caicedo will be revisited in the summer. Jorginho as a as a short term eighteen month thing doesn't seem the end of the world to me. I know it's, we've I, been burnt before. I think it's quite a clever sign in Jorginho on the short term, and I think you know, say save your money. If Rice is available in the summer, I'd much rather go for Rice over Caicedo personally. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear on that. And Mike, just before you go, is it enough to get us over the line for the league title? <laughs> Maybe it's going to go down to the wire, isn't it? It's going to go down to the wire. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. I hope so. Thanks so much for joining the space tonight, Mike. Really appreciate that. This is, of course, the deadline day space. We're an hour in. We've had some emotional calls from some fans, some very passionate calls from fans. Uh, some people very happy. Well, not very happy. So I think some people content. Uh, others not so pleased at all. Uh, Wayne, you've been quiet for a while. What would you like to say before I bring in our next caller, who will be Alexander? The thing that I'm focusing on is I don't quite understand why why we're not under why we don't appreciate there's also a middle ground like cool if if brighton have said pay 80 90 million whatever it is for kaiseido and we want to walk away from that i think that's perfectly reasonable i I don't have an issue with that the issue comes from Jorginho being the alternative there's short you've got scouts you've got your data department you've got your analysts you've got the amount of football that is accessible to these professionals on a day-to-day basis to do their job there's surely a quality middle ground between Caicedo at 90 million or whatever it is and Jorginho for 10. And I appreciate that some people will think it's a smart smart sign. I appreciate that some people might think, yeah, he's just a body and we need to make sure that Thomas Party doesn't overplay. But the fact of the matter is, relying on Thomas Party to get through the next game uninjured is already too much. And the, the problem with it for me is, I don't mind not getting Caicedo. And I don't mind not not spending eighty million on him. I just expected the top of the t- uh, top of the table team in the Premier League to go and buy someone better than Jorginho, and I expected for it to fall into place with the rest of the growth of uh, of this team. Especially considering, yes, we might get Declan Rice in the summer. I still think we need another midfielder anyway because we still don't have fresh legs and young contingency plans to replace Xhaka, to replace Thomas Partey. We've got Jorginho here on an 18-month deal. Perfectly fine. That's okay. But we still need freshness. We still need youth in that position and not relying on hopes and prayers that Emil Smith-Rowe is going to be fit and that hopes and prayers that Thomas Partey doesn't break down. Mm, I'm just reading that Nottingham Forest have signed John Joe Shelby on a two-and-a-half-year deal. It uh, could have been a lot worse. Uh, Jorginho is better than him. <laughs> Jorginho is better than him. <laughs> uh, just, just. Right, Alexander, welcome to the show. What would you like to say? Uh, hello, everyone. I hope everyone is having a good evening. Man, I was uh, warming up to the Jorginho signing and then the previous call has made me angry again, has made me realise how much I hate Chelsea again and how much I hated that transfer originally. But realistically speaking, I think it's not a... Moises Caicedo alternative, it's basically we lost El Nini and we signed another El Nini. I don't think this was a Caicedo or Jorginho, whichever one we can complete, we will complete. I think this was just replacing our party backup. 
And as much as I do not rate Jorginho, I didn't rate the guy when he was at his peak, when people were saying he should win the Ballon d'Or or whatever. He's now even older. He's an ex-Chelsea man. He looks like a proper Chelsea player. He's even now saying that he wishes to return to the club as a some kind of a figure at the board level. I'm already throwing up at the fact that we signed the player. But, I mean, I don't... I don't like Edu. I don't rate Edu, but I'm not sure what he could have done with this Caicedo transfer. I think it was clear that Brighton weren't going to sell. Whether we offered 70... Uh, sorry, did you want to say something? Yeah, Alec, i got to ask you. I, there's, there's a lot of I don't like Edu, I don't like the owners, I, I get all of that, but we are top of the Premier League. Like, how can... I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm perplexed because... You know, when we were finishing eighth, you could argue we, we made some bad signings. You could argue that, you know, at the time we were all questioning why we were getting rid of certain players and this cultural reset that we wanted to do. But the, the proof is in the pudding and it's right in front of us. We're top of the league and we are clear, clear of our rivals. So why would you not want to think, right, they know what they're doing. They're going to see us get over the line. Like, why are you doubting it so much? Oh, I agree with you. I actually worded it poorly. I didn't want to say that I not not like I do. I'm not his biggest fan, per se, but from our work over the last two, three transfer windows, they have the benefit of the doubt. We have failed a couple of times to land our priority targets, and somehow our alternative targets turned out to be even better. I'm just worried that it's not going to be the case all the time. We couldn't get Mudrik, we got Trossard. We couldn't get Lissandro Martinez, we got Zinchenko. Didn't get Raya, we got Aaron Ramsdale. Like, it's all worked out fine so far. Like, at the beginning of January, uh, if you look at the positions I I wanted for us to strengthen in the, strengthen in the most, we signed the backup to Gabriel, which I think is essential because we don't have a natural left-footed centre-back at the club. We didn't, at least, before we signed Kivio. I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert at Spezia football. I've watched them probably like 10 times and never paid enough attention to Kivio. But he's left-footed and he will probably will be able to be a deputy in Europa League games. We definitely needed a player for a front three to rest. And... Alexander, could I, I ask you a question? Uh, sure. Do you... Yeah, do you think all Edu does is be 100% in charge of all transfer decisions and all transfer negotiations? Do you think that's his job? Uh, and do you think that's what he's doing for the club? No, what I think is that he's probably... No, honestly. No. Because, I mean, if you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't like Edu because of transfers, do you think that that's all Edu no, does, no, is transfers? No, 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 no. As I said, I worded it poorly. I don't have anything against, per se, against Edu. What I think his main responsibilities do, 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 are, sorry, I think his responsibilities do, are getting players, retaining players, and potentially selling, selling those players. I think our recruit. Do you think? Do you think? Do you, do you think that's all he does? Well, do Do you think that's that's his that's his job role at the club? Is that what you, you your understanding of what Edu does at the club? No, I don't think his only uh, responsibility is the transfers, but from like a public point of view, at least the ones who will be judged the most will be like player retention, player sales and recruitment. That's what I think at least. I may be totally in the wrong, but that's my understanding of it. Mm, Okay. I mean, you don't think that Edu's had anything to do with the complete change of culture at the club, the way that they've, they've done their utmost to bring fans back and to get fans on board. 
the way they're they're actually looking at the attitude of the players that they sign, not just talk to people who want the most money, which is obviously very clearly why Tillemans will never be an Arsenal player. Uh, there's lots that Edu does, which I've... has got absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with transfers and which have been absolutely brilliant for the club and actually turned around the club from the complete shit state it was in in the last few years of Wenger. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Not only Edu, I think uh, all of the upper executives, like including Mikel Arteta, um, Binay, Edu, they've all had a massive part in transformation of Arsenal. You can see it on the pitch. You can see it off the pitch. You can literally see it everywhere. I'm not complaining from like an overall project view of the club. I'm just trying to analyze this January transfer window, you know? And uh, as I was saying... Don't have too much against this window. I think Trossard is a very good signing. I think Kibio, who I've not seen, has filled a position we were desperately in need of. And well, with Jorginho, I just think we're in the same situation as we were before January. Right now, if you if you ask me before January, what happens if Thomas Partey gets injured? We're screwed. If you ask me now, what happens if Thomas Partey gets injured? I think the situation is kind of the same. We had Oneni, who was a decent deputy for Thomas Partey. And I think um, Jorginho is going to be at the same level. I don't think he solves our defensive issues or issues in transition when Thomas Partey doesn't play because he is a very unique player. He's a bit of a unicorn of a football player. And number six, who's that athletic, good on the ball and can cover the pitch that effectively. But, you know, overall, what I wanted to say is this transfer window has really tied me and it feels like the last time we played a match was in 2019 and Unai Emery was still in charge. Like, you kind of forget where we are in these last two days. And I think not only Arsenal not getting Caicedo, sorry, I keep mispronouncing his name, Caicedo, um, which I think was kind of an impossible deal. I think all the transfers that Chelsea have done has also put a stain on our... No, not on our position, but what have we done in the market? Basically, every time Chelsea make a move, it's sort of a low blow to Arsenal. You know, Arsenal are buying Chelsea's quote-unquote finished players, whether you rate Jorginho or not, that's beside the point here. And Chelsea are going spending $120 million on Enzo Fernandez or whatever. But, but I can't believe what I'm hearing. Genuinely. Uh, I, I'm... Look, I wasn't expecting Arsenal fans to come on the show and be, oh, you know, this has been the greatest window. We've signed the best players. I get the frustration because we couldn't get our top two targets. And I think that's clear. I get the frustration that Chelsea are just, you know, continuing to stockpile talent, continuing to break, uh, you know, the, the market that we're all operating in. I get all of that. But what I don't understand is just this outright, negativity, pessimism. I mean, to quote the last caller sort of saying it feels like 2019 and Unai Emery and it's like, you know, what? what? Like, we are top of the league. We are clear of our rivals. Mikel Arteta has got us playing the most incredible football. The football fans behind this club are believing that we are on the cusp of doing something so special. And we now have Trossard who can play a role you know, Kivior, who hopefully will come in and play a role, maybe to a lesser extent, because defensively we're just so good. 
and now obviously Jorginho, who, look, we can't judge Jorginho based on the reputation that previous signings from Chelsea have. Every player is his own situation. And yes, there is a chance that Jorginho comes in and doesn't play well. But the signs indicate, as I think it was uh, either one of you, Gavin Wayne, saying that he's played 18 games this season for Chelsea. He's captained the majority of those games. He's described as a very intelligent player, a leader. And we know he's not going to be a starter. As long as Party and Jack are fit, they will play. They will play every game. And as long as we can keep that 11, most of them fit, we will probably end up winning the league. So I just can't understand it's the a, it's, huge negativity, Gav. It, mate, it, it drives me mental twice a year. And it's just pure people getting sucked into the soap opera. No, 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 I get that, Gav. We, we, and I, and get that, I, get, so I get that, Gav. We, we've, talk, we've talked about that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is the window's shut. And I can't remember who it was, but someone said that Manchester City have obviously lost Joao Cancelo. They're not stronger than, than, than what they were going into January. We've added Trossard, a player who we didn't think would come, but he's an additional wide man. We've added a, a, an adequate midfielder who is better than Lukonga, and obviously Elneny seems to have you know, got himself in a bit of a pickle with an injury. It's not the worst addition. Like I don't, I don't get it, Wayne. Uh, you see, you've unmuted yourself. No, what do you, you want to say? You, you look, you look at our bench the next game, and you compare that to our bench the first game of the season, and that will tell you that we've improved the fucking squad. It's simple. Uh, all of that isn't wrong. All of that is is a hundred percent right. The issue alongside it is Mikel Arteta is working miracles right now with this squad. Mikel Arteta is doing a crazy, crazy, crazy job. And he, it comes to a stage where he deserves a little bit better than a Jorginho. He deserves a little bit better than a, a possibility at someone who he can really mould. And we've seen him work with young players. We've seen him work with players who want to work with him and want to develop with this team all of the youngsters and all of the guys in this team right now are 100% special, but we could be special for more than just the next six months. We could be special for the next six years by just giving Mikel Arteta the tools to do that. Mm. Sundev, welcome to the Deadline Day Space on Latte Firm. What would you like to say about everything you've heard tonight? I'm I'm personally here just to ask you, how are you going to have this conversation with your wife? Because I tweeted oh, you back, I'm going to have a very, very similar conversation with my wife, albeit I'm not cancelling a holiday. We're expecting our second. Six weeks after our second baby's born, I'm going to be flying from San Francisco to see us lifting that Premier League trophy on May 28th. And I haven't got the bollocks to tell my wife how I'm going to do that. So any, any tips, mate? Well, the tips are basically work until she goes to sleep. <laughs> and then you, don't, you don't have to see her every day until yeah. that day comes. We um, work from home. Um, but <laughs> I, we, this conversation kind of got away from like what you originally posed it about, like around the transfer business. And I remember the first time I had a phone in with you, it was actually at the end of the last transfer window, if you recall. And the question I asked you back then, if you remember, I know you've done a lot of spaces since then, but the, the question I asked you back then was, we were all a little bit disappointed we didn't get the number of players we thought we should get. But I said to you then, like, this isn't the end of our transfer business. Like, there's still January to go. Let's judge it come January. 
so I guess I'm here to ask you that you that question now, I guess, and I'll give you my opinion. Like now that we've seen what we did last summer, and now that you've seen what we've done between summer and now on the pitch, and now what we've done off the pitch, like do you honestly feel that we're worse off than we were this time last year or in or in um, at the end of the summer transfer window, or do you feel that we're better off? Mate, my answer is really straightforward. I mean, just look at where we are in the league. If if we were struggling and, you know, again, we went out and got Trossard and, and Kivior and Jorginho, let's say we were, we were in seventh place, um, then it would be a very different tone of conversation. But the, the fact is, Arteta is a special manager. He has taken a group of players, he has um, you know, to levels that I didn't, I had no idea that he he would, you know, he would get to. Um, most of the players that he and Edu have bought in their time at Arsenal have worked wonders. Um, I think Jorginho on a one and a half year contract is wiser than contracts that we've given in the past. I also want to isolate Jorginho from all the other signings that we've had from Chelsea and, and judge him on his own performances and you know his own merit. And I think. He could be a player that comes in handy as a squad player. You know, we've got a potential, what, 27, 28 games to play this season if we go all the way in the Europa League. I don't think he will start many Premier League games, uh, assuming Party and Jacker stay fit. So I don't see the huge problem. But then at the same time, I do understand Wayne's concern, which is that we went for Caicedo and the data team, the scouting team, there should be another player available that you think we would go and pursue, but we haven't. And so it feels like a bit of a last gasp panic. But, mate, I can't argue, Sundev. Like, you look at where Arsenal are in the league, everything they are doing is fantastic. I think I tweeted today that, like, I didn't, you know, as much as I want Jorginho because Arteta wants Jorginho, there are players that I would prefer. You know, I, I, of course, I want Declan Rice. I want Jude Bellingham. I want uh, Moises Caicedo. But the reality is Arteta is going to work his magic with these guys. And if we win the league everything will be forgotten. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. And that's, I think that's exactly where everybody in this space, whether you think negatively, positively, indifferently about the club and the ownership and what we've done in January, we are all genuinely sat here as Arsenal fans, hoping, praying that after 20 long, or 18 long years, we're finally going to win the Premier League. And we can see in front of us that that is actually an opportunity. And I'm old enough to remember what happened at the back end of last season when we kind of finished fifth and we got pipped to Champions League positions and everybody thought, oh, it's the end of the world. We're never going to be in that position again. We're never going to get back into Champions League again. And yet here we are, top of the league, Champions League more or less confirmed bar a catastrophe that like we all sit here sit reading into these if, buts and maybes and really like sometimes you just got to grasp the hair. And I, I do see both sides of the coin. I do see what Wayne is saying that potentially, like, like, where is the rest of the scouting and can you hire and or sign somebody else that's potentially got a higher ceiling than Jorginho? But the way I also look at it is, do you honestly, if you honestly look at the signings we've made, have we raised the floor of the squad? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and listen, not, this is not for me trying, I'm the host of the show, so I'm going to ask these questions. These aren't necessarily my views, but yeah, Jorginho not even a couple of years ago, was ranked third in the Ballon d'Or. He won the Euro uh, with Euros with Italy against England and was a, was a standout performer. The guy's won everything there is to win in the game. And if he's a mature head 
a Premier League proven player has acclimatized and is ready with the, you know, to, to sort of play with the the pace and the physical demands of the league. He is ever present. You know, he's injury wise, he's fairly sound. He's still got two or three years at the top level of the game because he's never had to rely on pace. And if he's going to be an understudy, exactly like you say, Sandev, he is better than Lokonga. He is better than Elneny. So we are as a squad slightly stronger going into the second half of what's going to be a massive season and for can us. I can I just um, also just mention on. that like around the Lakonga deal also so we, we all remember kind of what happened in the back end of last season when party got injured the one player that was available was Lakonga he played a couple of games and then after Brighton it, when we went to the Tottenham and the, the Newcastle games Arteta didn't actually trust Lakonga so keeping him at the club wouldn't have made any difference whatsoever. And actually, his loan fee has probably covered some percentage of what we've paid for Jorginho. So I don't actually think we're weaker letting Lokongo go because I don't think he was going to play much football in it. And it's, I feel bad because after the pasting he got after the Man City game, like, why would he want to stay at that point? He's probably just thinking, I need to get out of this toxic environment, give myself uh, like another chance at a different club where the expectations and and like... The, the spotlight is less so that he can kind of build and become the player he probably hopefully will one day become. Yeah, so uh, I just put a butt in. I'm not, it, it's kind of gone a little bit away from what you were saying about. Uh, I, obviously, I don't know a great deal about Jorginho, so I asked one of my mates uh, who's a Chelsea supporter and he's been going Chelsea since, well, bloody the 70s. And we had a chat this afternoon about him. And I said, are you glad he's gone? And he went, I am a bit, but I understand why he's gone because of the players we signed and this, that and the other. And I said, well, what's he like? You know, what's his personality like? He said, he's a joker. He said, he's a very, very likeable fella. Look, fits in everywhere. Everybody seems to love him. And he's a bit of a character. Yeah, he's a bit slow on the pitch, uh, but he keeps the ball well. He, you know, he's got a good little pass on him. He, he's you know, a very intelligent player. And listening to my Chelsea mate, I thought he's going to slot in so so quickly. Um, if you go back, and if anybody does go back and listens to our spaces that we was doing before the transfer window was open, uh, we was all asking for oven ready players, and. I think Jorginho is just the ultimate oven-ready player who's going to slot in nicely with a squad. He'll slot in lovely with the Brazilian fellas. He speaks a few languages so he can speak to everybody properly. And I think it, this might be, just might be, an absolute genius of a signing. Let's wait and see. Right, the gate, great Guna, welcome to the Deadline Day space. What would you like to say, my friend? Welcome. Not sure if there's a few connection issues. Doesn't look like he's joined at the minute. Okay. Oh, he's here. If you unmute yourself, great Guna. Not sitting my end either, mate. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's remove the great Guna and let's go to Julian Pan. Uh, welcome, Julian, to the deadline day space. What would you like to say about Arsenal's transfer window this January, Julian? Are you guys not seeing Julian either? No, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, Sorry, I can see he's just out here. Wait, yeah. come on, Julian. Talk to us. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, so I will admit I have spent a lot of the last few years 
absolutely hating Jorginho um, for reasons that a lot of you guys have mentioned. I put a lot of energy into hating on this player. But at the same time, I got to say the reaction that has, uh, you know, that I've seen on social media and stuff, and even on this uh, space hearing now, um, it seems a little bit overblown to me. Because honestly, the perfect deal just doesn't exist, you know? Not just in uh, January, especially in January, but the perfect deal doesn't exist. Mudrick, Mudrick was not worth what Chelsea paid for him. He wasn't even worth what we had offered for him. Caicedo was not worth what we were offering for him. I would have loved to get both players, don't get me wrong, but they weren't worth it. They weren't worth that money. And any deal that we What would are you make, saying that based on, Julian? <clears throat> I mean, you're saying they're not worth these players. Be- because the because of the experience of the players, players, right? Mudrik had very little top-level experience. Caicedo has very little top-level experience. Though, though the his... market is inflated. And, and you know that this is going right, so the market dictates the price, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I feel like, you know, I'm not here to defend Edu for any reason, but there's not really anything he could do to win in this situation. You know, if he stumps up $100 million for a guy with, you know, 30 appearances in the Ukrainian league, he's going to get it large from people saying he doesn't know how to negotiate. We see, we've seen it already, you know? So, I mean, I would have much preferred to get Actually, I wouldn't say I would have preferred Mudrik over Trossard now since Trossard is, you know, roasting Man City players and stuff left and right. But, uh, you know, we look pretty smart in this situation. But, yeah, you know, Jorginho, look, I mean, what Thomas Party does, it doesn't exist in anyone else, probably at any level of world football. Uh, his combination of on-ball and off-ball attributes, there's no analog for it. Uh, so I guess what we've chosen is, uh, his on-ball attributes. That's what we've decided to go for in this, in this particular case with Jorginho. And it's fine, dude. He'll take the garbage minutes in Europa. You know, hopefully he'll take, I, I would trust him to take the last 30 minutes of Premier League games, which is not something I would have said about Sambi Lakanga, for example. Um, you know, and hopefully that'll see a, you know, knocking, knocking on every piece of wood in my house. That should see us through to uh you know our first uh title in almost 20 years but uh you know it's like thomas party he can play about 20 90s a season historically you know atletico madrid everybody said he never got injured he never finished games either so i think if we can bring on Jorginho for the last 20 30 minutes of matches i think that might do it to preserve party's uh party's thigh i think that's his problem area yeah so Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. I think I think we've had a. Oh, Julian's gone. Um, that's a really excellent point, Wayne. Want to bring you in on that? Uh, Jorginho coming in for 20, 30 minutes cameo appearances in Premier League games. Uh, I didn't think of it like that. Actually, if that gives us a chance to rotate Party and Jacka, you know, when we're maybe in control of a game, uh, that could do our squad fitness wonders. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Mikel Arteta this year has done a lot better. Um, in terms of his substitutions, I think a lot of Arsenal fans in general were, were critical of Mikel Arteta in the past couple of years where he would play Thomas Partey when we were up two or three goals or he would play Granite Xhaka when we were up by a few goals and, and things were kind of easy. Um, I think this year he's done a lot better. So the likes of Jorginho, the likes of Trossard come on to change a game, the likes of, I imagine, Emil Smith-Rowe, if... Fingers crossed, he's another one that can stay fit. Um, yeah, 
bring it and having the the additional extra subs as well, five subs in in total. We're hoping hoping that we can get ourselves into a comfortable lead and bring these guys off. I hope so too. Uh, right, let's go to Steve AQ. Steve, welcome to the show. What would you like to say about Arsenal's transfer activity? Good evening, everyone. Thanks, FK, for having me on once again. Yeah, so I'm pretty positive, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I put it down to this simple sort of like logic, right? Like, did we finish this window in a stronger position than we ended December? I think yes. Um, I think Julian before echoed the same kind of point I was going to say, whereas like, I think a bench now, if you look at it, we've got players to, when everyone's kind of like back to sort of good fitness levels, barring other injuries, like we've got players to chase games. So we've got Trossard, Smithrow will get back to full fitness and Jesus will get back to full fitness. And Nketiah now shows himself to be a good either starter or even a bench option for some games or even starting some games. Um, to finish off games and chase if we're like maybe like level or behind. And we've got players in Jorginho to manage games. So, you know, looking at our fixture lists and looking at the amount of games we have at home, I think we're going to blow a few teams away. Um, and we're going to need someone just to control and do that sort of like death by a thousand passes thing Arteta always talks about. And I think Jorginho is kind of perfect for that. I mean, look, listen, like, I think Chelsea's window has really put a bit of a dampener on whatever we've done. Um, I think we've been like the, the most busy club barring them this summer. And I don't even know how much they spent this window, but it's just ridiculous. And I think it's a win for the squad, but it's a loss in terms of like fan optics because we you know we've, we've bid significant amounts for a lot of players, you know, or not a lot of players, two players and not gotten them. And uh, one has gone to a rival, which obviously doesn't look good and doesn't make us feel too good. But, Look, in the grand scheme of things, like I think, I think we've done really well here. Uh, I personally, uh, I kind of rage Jorginho a little bit. Uh, I always kind of wanted him at Arsenal, um, and uh, I think sort of like we're gonna, he's going to redefine what we want out of a six. I think um, in terms of some kind of games, so Parties a unicorn player, um, and obviously I think we're going to do the, the correct thing this summer and replace him with a light for light replacement in. Uh, Declan Rice, but um, or anyone of that, and that's analogous towards that. But in terms of what we need right now to sort of play Europa and play the easy home games or even some away games to like control games, like listen, our Champions League winner on the bench, it's a stronger bench than what we had in the first half of the season. So, look, all in all, good window. Um, I've, I've been always been on these safe spaces about preaching positivity and thinking we're going to do big things this season. Um, and I haven't been proven wrong yet. And uh, all the other guys who've been positive haven't been proven wrong yet. So, you know, keep faith, guys. I think we're doing well. Sensible moves. Keep the powder dry this summer. We've up bolted the squad for £60 million. Oh, I couldn't ask for more, to be honest. Um, and I think making big moves in January, uh, you know, it looks good and it's, you know, it's cool and it's sexy. But realistically, you, you don't want to upset the squad and you want to keep everyone happy. You want to keep the good vibes going. And I think sometimes throwing in a hundred million or around like that player sometimes can not it can have it can have the equally as good effect as it can have a bad effect as well. So it can add a lot of it can add a lot of pressure to people and it, it can be quite upsetting. Do you know what I mean? I, it, it can almost have a negative effect, especially in the position we're at the moment, Steve. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, especially players like Caicedo, like, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, he's not worth the money or he was worth the money. But 
80 million is a lot of for a guy who's got like a you know not even a season worth of prem starts um and you know where he's from and what he's doing and the payday he's going to get like you don't know what it's going to do to his head um and look i think we got to roll with the punches uh with it it would have been nice to have him it would have been nice to have a shiny new sort of toy in there and not have to worry about party again but i think the real i think save all your uh, people who have concerns about edu whatever or the recruitment team up save your criticism for next summer because next summer you know champions league touch wood um and a strong finish to the season regardless of what happens and they're not able to recruit the top targets then I think you can start to really pull out the jewellery and really start to question the ability of the scouting team. But right now, um, look, they've, they've got... Look, all I'm asking for for every transfer that comes in is that we hit a 70% hit rate because uh, you're never going to get all of them right. And I think if you really weigh up all the transfers in terms of who've been hits and who haven't been, um, I think we're well on course for 70% hits. And that's really good considering the money that we spent. So, look, I'm happy... Um, I think we're in good stead for the rest of the season. And we've already got two competitions to focus on. So, you know, Jorginho playing Europa, Trossard playing Europa, Enketia and Jesus coming in playing Europa, Smith Rowe coming back. I, I think I think we're fine. Like, we don't have to... It's hard with Chelsea spending a trillion pounds every single chance they get um, to really sort of be sort of content with it. But I think, guys, I think we have to sort of exercise a bit of patience and just understand that We've strengthened the position where we're already pretty strong in as well. You know, it's just the way it goes. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy. So, yeah, that's all I had to say. Thanks for having me on. No worries, Steve. Thanks for joining the space tonight. Really appreciate that. And with regards to Moises Caicedo, he's obviously got about 10 siblings to feed. So, that's, that's I think, where the money would go. Uh, let's bring in Craig. Craig, you were waiting very patiently. And then you tweeted about wanting to come on the show. Sorry we couldn't get you on. Of course, there are lots of people waiting. So, trying to get through as quickly as we can. Craig, welcome. Uh, if you're a first-time caller, what would you like to say about Arsenal's transfer activity? I uh, really appreciate it. Um, so I've been listening for a while, and I just – I don't know if it's me as an American. Maybe that's, you know, the daftness of it. But I, I don't understand the, all the Edu and the Arteta hate. Like, they're, they're literally the reason that we are where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, Caicedo, to me – Brighton was never going to sell, but I don't think he's worth the 80 to 100 million that I had seen reports for. I, I truly don't. Um, and yes, missing out on Mudrick was kind of a big blow, but I, I think we got a pretty good option in Trussard, who is Premier League proven already. Um, the value that we've gotten for Ben White and Ramsdale and Odegaard, what, Odegaard was 30 million? He's He's been unbelievable. and And I'm not the biggest Jorginho fan and the way I see it is, is he provides good cover for the remainder of the season. And then in the summer, like the previous caller said, I think we go out and get a Declan Rice. So I, I just, I don't understand all the hit, the hate for Edu and Arteta. I, I truly don't. Yeah. I, I hear you loud and clear, Craig. I think, I think, to be fair, most people have come on and said that Arteta's doing wonders, and I think people are frustrated that the club haven't been able to give Arteta better or more reputable or, or just well-known players. But I think, with regards to Edu, I mean, it's just classic, isn't it? You know, your window doesn't go the way that you want it to as a fan. So everybody comes on and they sort of start pointing the fingers at KSC, start pointing the fingers at Edu. It's a natural thing to do. 
I personally think that the window's been been good. Uh, I don't think it's been outstanding. I don't think it's been weak or average, though. I think it's been a good window. Uh, like I said a few moments ago, Trossard coming in to add a bit more options on the wide flanks, and he's already showing glimpses of, of, of you know, of being a really good player. I think uh, Kivior, obviously the unknown uh, quantity, and if anybody's curious to find out more about Jakub Kivior, there is, of course, a breakdown on the Latte Firm YouTube channel, which has attracted, I think, 30,000 of you guys so far. But with regards to um, Jorginho, we know that he was a top player just a couple of years ago. Uh, whether he can come into this functional Arsenal team, bear in mind Chelsea are 10th, right? A goal difference of one, 29 points on the board, in transition under a new manager and failing miserably. If Jorginho comes into a functional team with Mikel Arteta at the helm, who we know has a track record, a proven track record at elevating performances, who knows? Maybe we, we I think, do you, know what, do you know what, Wayne? bringing you back in and Craig of course I know you'll have your final say but I'm actually leaning towards Jorginho maybe pleasantly surprising a few of us I think he might come in and do a good job I look at the fixtures that we have and someone just mentioned it a few moments ago we've got more home games and away games our next five for example I mean Everton away Brentford at home obviously the big one against City Villa away Leicester away Jorginho is good enough to play in those games not that he will because I think Partey and Xhaka will be will be in the team but if he's called upon he can do a job. I mean, Craig, just before we go uh, to Wayne and, and, you know, before you leave, what's your verdict on the title assault? I mean, are these three going to be enough for us? Do you think that, do you think their arrivals can sustain our Premier League challenge? I really do. I, I think that I, I was one of those fans that was very cautiously optimistic. I didn't want to believe, but the United win gave me a lot of belief. And I think bringing in Trussard and Jorginho can provide good depth. And I do think that we can make a title charge. And I, I also wanted to say, I just, I very much appreciate you and Wayne getting me on tonight. Oh, no, my, our pleasure, man. Sorry, I, we couldn't Thanks, get you guys. before, but, but I'm, Thanks, glad. Guys. Thanks, guys. I'm glad you, uh, you tweeted, Craig. Uh, Craig, is this your first time, darling? It is, yep. Don't make it your last time, all right? So thanks very much, Craig, for joining us on tonight's show. Really appreciate that. Um, Wayne, I do want to come to you because I think the more that I hear these calls, the more I'm given time to digest it, given I was at work today, uh, scared of my wife, hiding from my wife. Um, I do feel that he might be actually a more pleasant signing than, than people are giving him credit for. Have you changed your stance over the last 90 minutes? I have not, no, but I'm in mourning right now, FK. So... Um... <laughs> Uh, I think no, no, not because of our transfer window. El Nenny's obviously got a serious injury, um, and he's probably out for the season. And now Cedric has left as well. So my my, my under undercover favourites are, are, are leaving my club, and I'm 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 in pain. Fk, I'm in pain. Mm, right, let's go to our next caller. Ode to joy at Adi Fashina. Uh, welcome to the Deadline Day space. What would you like to say, my man, about Arsenal's transfer window? I think, like, given the... Um, if you look in hindsight, I don't think there's bad as everyone's saying. Like, uh, Jorginho, for example. Because I think if you... Like, most people wanted uh, Caicedo, Mudrick, etc. Because they were going to help us win the league. But I feel like they're much more long-term targets because right now, Jorginho is going to come in and he technically should be able to start realistically in the six. And Trossard, we've already seen what he can do. Kivio is the one who we, we don't really know on his ability, whether he's going to be able to come in straight away and play in the Premier League. But but the two Premier League signings we've made, I think I think we should be really happy with them, to be honest. 
Yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, obviously, it's nice to sort of be positive about the signings. What are you expecting realistically, though, from today's signing, Jorginho? Um, are you expecting him to be a starter? Are you expecting him to be a sub player? You, you know, what sort of impact might he have on this team? Uh, I, I, I assume we'll just start in the Europa League and then potentially in the Premier League. However, I'm just expecting him to be a backup to party, really. Like, hope, hopefully, like, party's able to stay fit. And we don't have any issues, but I assume we'll just be a backup to party. Really, I can't, I can't imagine him having a, having a real, concrete role other than Europa League or backup to party. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Thanks for for joining the space. I mean, just on that, Gav. Um, obviously, Arsenal are five points clear with a game in hand, but we do have the youngest, potentially most exciting squad in the Premier League. Um, a player of Jorginho's experience, having won all the honours that he's won at Chelsea. That's got to be a good thing for the impact on the development of some of our youngsters. It's massive. I think it's absolutely massive. I think there's a complete misunderstanding about the type of player that we bought in. Uh, we've basically bought in an El Nenny upgrade. Uh, and I, I just think it, it could be absolute, absolute genius, this signing. Uh, obviously, time will tell, uh, like it does with everything, but I trust Arteta and Adu bringing in an over-30-year-old Chelsea player so, so much more than the other Muppets that have brought in players that were well, very, very obvious over the hill. I mean... Uday Emery. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think uh, some old French git once said that uh, Czech would save you 12 points a season. And Uday Emery, wasn't it? Yeah, and then, mm. and then I think, and then I think Czech probably let one through his legs the first game, didn't he? Oh, uh, don't, anyway, don't. Uh, but no, it's it's like I say. I mean, I'm really, really hoping, and obviously everybody must be hoping that this could be a very, very inspiring uh, transfer, not just on the pitch but off the pitch as well. Isn't it incredible? You've got Wayne there saying that he's in mourning, doesn't really know what to do with himself contemplating all the bad decisions he's made in life. And then you've got Gav, who thinks he's going to be an absolute genius signing, to quote Gav there, Jorginho. What a what a world we live in. Uh, let's go to Bardan. Bardan, welcome to the Deadline Day space. Uh, what side of the fence do you sit on, my friend? Oh, welcome. It's a fascinating space, to be honest. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just happy that transfer window is over with. Uh, we might have... Uh... One final transfer as well, it's probably FK to a living room sofa. It's expected, you know, here we go soon, alone with option to buy. Uh, we, we don't expect uh, more development later. Uh, so, yeah, to be honest, I was uh, I was pissed yesterday uh, when we discovered the news about Jorginho because I, I don't rate him as, uh, you know, as a majority of Chelsea players because I just hate them for, for obvious reasons. And uh, but you know, just uh, yeah, we have what we have. I can I really can't find uh, a lot of reasons to blame the board or to blame Edu, because uh, I think that this mark is just absolutely crazy, and uh, we just probably uh, haven't learned by now how to how to behave in this in these circumstances. We certainly cannot do what Chelsea are doing. And uh, 
yeah so that's uh, for me it's it's a window yeah probably seven seven out of ten i believe so but uh, another thing that i would say that we are we have to remember that we are in the most competitive and the most uh, the wealthier league in the world and i have to say my respect to brighton for not bending over uh, arsenal with Caicedo. they stood their ground uh, as much as i'm disappointed uh, that we were not able to bring the Caicedo in but at least they are not behaving the way the teams for example bending for juve in italy and that the sign of uh, the competitiveness that we have here and something that we have to deal uh, in the years to come so this is this is something we have to adapt to and, uh, you know, just plan accordingly. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, dollar bills, euro bills, uh, pound sterling, they don't play football. Eight years contract, they don't play football. And uh, uh, Spurs could have won uh, summer window. I'm, I'm happy that Chelsea, I'm happy with Chelsea winning the winter window, but I prefer us to win the, the Premier League title. So that's as simple as that. Oh, Bach Dan, what a call. What a call. My favourite call of the night, I think. Uh, let's not forget that Jorginho was the UEFA Men's Player of the Year in 21. He won three major trophies with club and country that year. Also third in the Ballon d'Or honours. And like Gav said, 18 Premier League starts this season and he's captained the majority of them. So hopefully he'll have a positive influence on some of the youngsters in the team and maybe be a cool head when the pressure levels start to rise as we end the uh, the Premier League title race. Uh, let's go to El Boogie, uh, our guy. Uh, El Boogie, welcome to the Deadline Day space. Are you still in New York, my friend? Or are you now back in Vegas? Where are you at in the States? Um, hi, everybody. Um, hi, Wayne. Hi, Gav. Hi, FK. I've been patiently listening and just waiting. Uh, currently in New York. Uh, but I have a lot of respect for Edu and what he's done because he does similar things to what I've done in my career. I am a technical recruiter, and I'll just like to share that um, a lot of things go on behind the scenes that people don't understand. I had a hiring manager during COVID who wanted to hire a candidate in California, and I made an offer, and they sent me something very confidential and said, um, we can't hire that candidate. And then I, as a recruiter, had to go to the hiring manager and say, here's the backup plan. We can hire your first candidate. So I completely understand what Eddie is facing. If you can't get your number one target, you got to go to the number two target. What The hiring manager didn't like me, but I said, unfortunately, he failed background check. The reason he failed background check, I know the reason, but I, can, I couldn't tell the hiring manager. So I have a lot of respect for what Eddie's done. And we're not even going to be in this space without the brilliant uh, work that Mikhail Ted is doing. So I do believe that he's in our respect to the point that um, we should cut him some slack. If he says this is the player that I want, we as a fan base just need to trust it. I do not understand how everybody's coming on and just slitting him and just upset and all of that. I am very happy with what we've done. Look what happened six months ago. Conte, everybody, the press the overrated British press, and everybody was like, oh, Tottenham want the transfer window. And just like the last caller just said, I really do not mind if Chelsea, I just called one of my mates in Philly tonight, and we had a bet. I said, you've signed everybody, mate, but guess what? You're not going to make 
top four, if you make top four, here's a bet, $1,000. We just had a bet tonight. I don't care if Chelsea signs everybody. You still need a top-rated manager to put everything together. I'm extremely happy with where we are. I'm very, very excited about the next six months. It's not guaranteed, but guess what? That's life. Nothing in life is guaranteed. You still have to go in there, put in the work, and earn people's respect. We have earned people's respect at this point in time because we're playing the best football in the country. Everybody wants to watch us. We have a bunch of youngsters. We need old heads and experience to balance everything up. So I don't understand why the fan base, the past 24 hours, has just gone into complete meltdown. We're talking about our transfer business, but half of the time tonight, it's been about Jorginho. It's incredible. It's totally uncalled for. It's unnecessary. We're five points clear. With a game in hand, we shall enjoy it. We shall be happy, guys. We're all Arsenal fans. I understand we're all passionate about what we, our team and all of that. But guess what? Let's trust and believe in the manager. He is six months, two years ahead of the plan, of the process. Everybody, Chelsea is copying our model of signing young, young players. But what they don't understand is you need a top-rated manager. I do not rate their manager. I do not think he's going to be at the job at the end of the season. I had a bet with one of my mates to, as well. He's not good enough. We have a top-rated manager. Why don't we just support him? Why the meltdown on Jorginho? Who, I don't care about whoever wears the jersey. If that's what Mikel says he wants, trust me, Mikel knows more than every one of us on this space. That's all I got to say, FK. Okay, I really F- appreciate F- that, man. FK, FK, can I can I just say that uh, can we sack Wayne and, and bring Boogie in as the uh, as as the third co-host, please? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. If um, I'll, 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 happily, I'll happily leave right now if you could tell me the uh, young Brazilian that went out on loan to Norwich today, Gav, from Arsenal. Uh, what, Mark Venus? Who? Listen, Amari Hutchinson is presumably going on loan. Is that right? Is, no, is that they, um, apparently he said that's off now. He was meant to be going to West Brom, but apparently that's off now. He's finished, mate, finished. Uh, poorly drawn Arsenal in the chat uh, has come up with the best excuse that I can give my wife for cancelling our holiday today, of course, if you've just joined the show. Uh, booked a holiday about a year ago. Had to cancel it today because it clashes with the last game of the season where we might where we might be awarded the Premier League trophy. And I couldn't miss it. I haven't told her yet. I stayed away all day at work, hiding from her, got home. She was asleep, which is a result. So I lived to live. I lived to see another day. But poorly drawn Arsenal says... Weirdest thing, all the flights in the world to Mauritius just cancelled for that weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if she's going to buy that, but I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, look, we've been going for almost two hours. Uh, it's been a, it's been a great, really, really enjoyable um, uh, deadline day space. So let's go to hopefully what will be our final speaker of the night, and that'll be Harry. Harry, welcome to the deadline day space. What would you like to say about everything you've heard tonight, my friend? Oh, thanks for having me back on the space. Can you all hear me just before I keep going? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear, my man. What would you like to Beautiful. say? Um, well, I can't lie. I feel a bit a bit down about so much of the negativity I've heard. Honestly, I'm so happy this transfer window. I feel like I've gone through a transfer window just by listening to this space alone. It's much as I've enjoyed it. But honestly, I don't... 
everyone, I totally respect everyone's opinion. I can, I understand why some people are skeptical about Jorginho, the past traumas we've had with some Chelsea uh, cast-offs. I mean, the Chelsea pension is quite literally. Um, so I think I, I do get it, but I think I'm looking at it as 18-month deal. He isn't going to cost. It's not a William for three and a half years on silly money. 120 grand a week, I think, is what I've heard for Jorginho. Over 18 months, totally fine while we locate a, um, a replacement in the summer. I think he brings us experience and he brings us some winning mentality. And I look at the squad now and I think Gabriel Jesus, four-time Premier League champion, Zinchenko likewise, and we've also got a European champion and a Champions League winner. That is something worth investing in, just to give some help to the younger players. And that will keep us going for the next 18 months. Then you can focus on the longer-term target, hopefully a Declan Rice and a Caicedo. And I do want to also give out a shout-out to Brighton, actually, because I'm happy they stood their ground. Because, if I'm honest, I don't like how football culture is at times when we see players putting statements out saying, I'm going to get you all this money for the club. I'm like, if for us, it's great because we know he wants to join us, theoretically. But then I think, imagine if Martinelli came out with something like that. We'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to us? You know, we'll give you X, Y, Z, you know. Um, so I don't, I, I totally respect Brighton's position and I hope they go on to do well. I've really got a lot of time for Brighton. Um, and I just think, I just think I look at how, I'm just looking forward to when we get, if you wait for Saturday, I'm going to look at a bench and hopefully I'm going to see Emma Smithrow, Trossard, Kirior and Jorginho. On, the, on January the 1st, did we have any of those options? No, we didn't. Were we weaker? Yes, we were. I And for anyone who is losing sleep over the fact we let the Conga go, he was just a body, in my opinion, for now, because he's not, I don't think he's, a, he's not at the level yet. I saw the City game, I don't think he was awful, but I just was looking like, he doesn't, he hasn't got what Arteta wants from a midfielder in that position at the moment. I haven't given up on yet, but we'll see how it goes. But I think just to round it up, I just think, let's get back to the football. It's been a long, it's been an exhausting January, you know, we've got to, ultimately, you would think with some of the negativity, unfortunately I've heard that we're 10th in the league and it's, we're five points clear. Can we just please reiterate that? We're five points clear and, and with a game in hand, we've just got, just, can we just enjoy this moment? Like I've honestly, it's been some of the worst years of my life supporting Arsenal the last four or five years. I'm not going to let a Jorginho sign in in January ruin it. And because ultimately he isn't, he is far better than people think. He is, he is the best, he is one of the best options I could think of for a second tier choice. Because that's what he is. So we've got to just take it and move on. Appreciate that, Harry. Really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think I'm exhausted by January as well. It's been a long old month. Arsenal have got their men, Leandro Trossard. Jakob Kivior and of course today Jorginho who incidentally chaps has never ever won a league title in his career he's won all the domestic cups and European cups there are to win in the game but he's never won the league I wonder what that might do is for his motivation um, I've got to be up in four hours as I hit the road to go to Oldbury in the UK it's a long old drive another 400 miles in the tank for me for work so I must end the show today hundreds of you still listening live do drop Latte Firm a follow it's the only place you can get post-match Arsenal phone-ins on match days or match weekends and of course on this deadline day special before I go though let's got to give a quick uh, shout out to our co-hosts Wayne 
who has his own gaming channel on Twitch and is co-host of the Can You Believe It podcast. Wayne is at Wayne's World 20 underscore. Wayne, thanks for joining tonight. Uh, thanks for having me once again. It's been a, a really, really, really fun conversation um, with with all of you guys and hopefully to speak to you all again soon after the Everton game where, um, yeah, it'll be fun to come up against Sean Dyche. Indeed, even though you're in mourning, it's been a really fun conversation. And Gav, I've of course. Missed, I miss El Nenny's knee already. I miss it so bad. Oh, God. Okay, I promise I won't give you the wanker sign on, on, the, on the next home game. Uh, Gav, of course, who is at She War. He has a sensational online store of Arsenal memorabilia, T-shirts, coasters, hats, mugs, coats, the works. Uh, get on there if you've got a friend or family member who might need an Arsenal-related gift of some sort. Gav, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, no, I just reiterate what Wayne said. I mean, it's been some cracking calls, even though we didn't, I didn't particularly agree with some of them. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's been a very, very good chat and... No one's swearing, no one's having a pop at each other. It's just a nice chat. And uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to design a Jorginho t-shirt just for Wayne. And, he, and uh, hopefully, he can he can mod, he can model that when you model the Eddie one. There you go. You do that. I'm sending a go. Norwich shirt your way with Marquinhos. <laughs> I love that. Mate, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. This, this is the weird thing: is if I had to have a second club in England, it would be Norwich. Because when I was younger, I uh, the football team I played in when I was a kid used to play in a Norwich kit. And every summer we used to go Great Yarmouth for holiday. So we used to drive past the Norwich ground. So, and I know a couple of their, uh, their boys as well. So um, I've kind of got a soft spot for Norwich, really. So uh, I hope Gabby does really, really well up there. Cheers, Gav. Nobody asked, but there you go. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's well, really mean. Don't uh, if you don't ask, I'm going to fucking tell you anyway, aren't I? Well, yeah, 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 to be fair, you would. Uh, right, thanks everybody for joining. Really appreciate that. And thanks everybody for, for, for calling and requesting the mic. Very grateful for your time. Um, there's been a couple of thousand of you that have tuned in tonight. Really grateful for that. Do drop Latte Fam a follow. Uh, and enjoy the next couple of days. We'll be back on the YouTube channel, potentially Thursday night, with a look ahead to the Everton game. And for those of you who don't know anything about Jakob Kivior or indeed Leandro Trossard, get on the YouTube channel and watch the breakdowns. Is it worth doing a breakdown on, on Jorginho? Probably. Yeah, go for it. You might yeah, well. should we do one? Should we? All right, well, let, let's, do a, let's do a breakdown, a full profile on Jorginho on the YouTube channel. So get on there and subscribe. Until next time, guys, look after yourself, and it's bye for now.